Well, welcome back to the Broke on My Way to Wealthy podcast. This is episode 13. If you've been listening, you have noticed the slow progression as I improve my income and situation. I recently just looked at who was listening to the podcast and listenership has been growing steadily, which is great. A little slow but steady, but you can't complain if people are willing to put up with my voice all through a podcast. <laughs> but uh, notice that we now have someone from Ireland who listened in, which kind of surprised me because prior to that it was all U.S. listeners. So, welcome to the podcast. Hope you enjoy. And rather excited that someone outside of the U.S. actually tuned in, but uh, I've never been to Ireland outside of just the airport. Uh, Would love to go one day, but yeah, only time I've been is to be stuck at the airport while they refueled on the way to Kuwait, (laughs) but or back to the U.S. Either direction. You either stop off in Germany or Ireland and you're restricted to the airport terminal that is all shut down and it's just your flight. (laughs) So, didn't get to see much except for when we were coming in or taking off. Very green countryside where I flew over. Beautiful. But, uh, yeah, welcome to the listenership. Definitely appreciate it. Um, out here, heading to the Postal Annex once again. I've received these envelopes from UPS and, uh, what is it, FedEx. So now I'm pre-packaging them before I even walk in. Makes it a lot quicker. It's nice. Didn't cost me anything. And I'm slowly bumping up the income. This week, it's Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, the 21st of April, and it's a little slow. I had a signing yesterday, had a signing today, debt consolidation or debt settlement, whatever you want to call it little $40 signing, but luckily it was only 10 minutes away. So, super easy, super quick. For an hour's work, get 40 bucks. Can't complain there. But, yeah, it's been a little slow so far this week. Can't say it'll stay that way because, as I've been noticing, as the week goes on, I get flooded with requests for signings. And then I can't even accept them all because there's so many. But initially it seems pretty slow. And then come Wednesday or so it seems to pick up pretty rapidly. So for any of you out there thinking about the uh, notary business, hey, go for it. It'll take you a little time to get the progress going but I'm almost in 
three months in. I started at the beginning of February. It's now the 21st of April, and I'm up around 2,000 a month when I started off at nothing. So things are improving. Hopefully next month I can break the three to four thousand range. But yeah, things are coming right along, getting the groove down, making progress. So I always encourage anyone to jump right into it. And right now I'm gonna be at home chilling out with the family and whatnot so if you're ever questioning why someone would take the leap and do this craziness of trying to be financially independent through self-employment it's for that reason the freedom the choice am i going to work today am i going to take that assignment or am i going to sit back with the kids play video games or watch cartoons or whatever yeah yeah i'm a bit of a cartoon fan kind of a oversized kid at heart so i watch my anime and whatnot always a fan of that dragon ball you know that show's been famous for what has it been a couple decades or more and it's always amusing so the kids are now interested in it so I have no problem sitting there through marathon with the kids <laughs> but uh yeah it's the freedom to choose what do you want to do do you want to do the grind every day toiling away at the same job dealing with the same people who are just as miserable as you or do you want to choose your own schedule and start hustling and get rewarded for your hard work because those of us who are kind of overachievers and skyrocket in a profession to the ceiling as they say find out that once you get to a certain point you no longer see any more reward for additional work it just you kind of plateau you get to a certain point and some professions you can keep going but for the majority of us blue collar folk it's you get to a certain point and people don't want to pay more for the same uh type of work you either have to learn a new job set or whatever be the case you just can't seem to bust past it like I got to 23 an hour as a machinist and if I stuck at it for the next 20-30 years I might make 30 to 40 dollars an hour but that's that's a lot of time invested in one thing to see very marginal gains and personally I'm not a fan today I made $40 for one hour's work and I'm only coming on three months into this so weigh it out consider the options think about it 
self-employment, you always have more options. It really is an unfortunate thing when you're stuck toiling away and you don't feel like you're receiving the fruits of your labor. You feel like you're just making someone else rich. And in most cases, you really are. Because I've worked for $6 an hour, and I've worked for 23 an hour, and all doing the same type of work. I still see ads out there for minimum wage or even lower for machinist. And it's rather insulting to think about it because you're a U.S. citizen, so you're not hiding in the shadows or anything worried about getting deported, but your prospects out there are rather limited in that sense. If you want to retrain and go to something that pays better or move to a higher cost of living area where they pay better, like down near L.A., you can find some positions that pay top dollar, but here in the IE, a lot of people want to pay bottom dollar because people are willing to hustle and take those jobs. I was doing a job at 13 an hour programming CNCs, which is rather annoying because I was doing the same job, and in fact less work at a slower pace for 23 an hour only a short time prior but it was geographically uh, in LA it wasn't in the IE so cost of living was a bit higher over there traffic was definitely worse and you you have the trade-offs I know every country around the world you got a similar issue like Australia people say you go to the big city you can make the big money but I don't want to be in the big city like a lot of people I like my privacy I like my space I like to be able to make it to the grocery store in a matter of minutes rather than get stuck in traffic because the one I like is a few miles away. I I don't want to be stuck going to the corner store where they only have a few items if I'm in a rush and have to pay marked up prices. It's just, it's silliness. It's rather aggravating. It's good for those businesses. They're doing great. I don't blame them. They're making a buck and they have to account for their cost of business and everything. But I don't want to be in that. A lot of people love the city life. A lot of people move there. I'm not one of them. I like to be able to have enough space and enough area where my kids can ride their bicycles and not worry about some idiot come zipping by at 40 plus an hour and hit one of them 
granted right now I live in a trailer park and only space they got to ride is within the park really but if they wanted to we could have them ride to school and we have the 10 year old her and her friend get to ride to school when they want to and we're comfortable with it we don't have to worry about the stress of a big six lane road right there granted there is a small portion that has the main street but they can take the dirt path next to it and they're fine it's just it's funny these things that come across the mind a lot of people out there probably disagree and are like loving their stability that they call it with the w-2 job but it's really not stable at a moment's notice they can walk up to you like they've done to me and say we don't need you anymore go kick rocks kind of thing and it's rather disheartening and if you've ever had it happen to you you know what i mean you you feel the turmoil of I've invested all this time, all this energy, possibly invested in tooling or whatever that you have for your profession, and they just discard you like a used tissue. It, it very much makes you question your self-worth. Like, what am I worth if a company that was just boasting hey we're gonna keep you on and uh, there's this retirement plan that you'll be part of and these benefits and blah 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 who cares what they say it's all the same when they cut you loose you you are left to doing the job search again and they don't give you two weeks notice in some rare occasion you might actually get that but I guarantee about 99% of us never get that notice it's just all of a sudden and you thought you were doing good your managers commended you on your work and everything and you thought everything was peachy but then they cut you loose and it's a slap to the face you're woken right up like what the heck so that can happen at the drop of a hat in these so-called steady reliable w-2 employments it sucks it's the reality it's no longer the day and age where you work for one company the entire adult life span you don't have a pension and retire from that one company nowadays people are having multiple job trainings multiple careers multiple things that they've learned how to do myself I'm ex-military so I have all that tactical training and whatnot first aid everything i don't get to apply that to pretty much anything civilian i can't go be a security guard unless i go and take a 
stupid little test saying that I'm now certified as a security guard and then I can go make minimum wage watching people go in and out of a shopping center or something but it's crazy like I've got hand to hand tactical training all kinds of weapons first aid in all different situations whether it's gunshots stab wounds falls whatever I've got so much training it's insane because not only was I US Army active duty I was also in a highly deployed unit which would train like crazy when we're stateside Uh, they also trained quite a bit overseas but I mean stateside it was nothing but training hit the range until you hit expert qualifications do ruck marches until they say to stop doing them it's just uh, go do this obstacle course go do that uh, range time of clearing buildings whatever oh we got a first aid course you gotta go through it's just so much training so many thousands of hours for nothing really if the world went to crap all of a sudden like the apocalyptic scenarios of Mad Max or zombie apocalypse or something crazy like that yeah us vets would be prepared we would be the guys sitting back chilling while everyone else is losing their mind but outside of that what does all that training do for us other than get us dirty looks from some people and thank you for your service from others that's about it it doesn't put food on the table it doesn't put money in the pocket all it does is leave you with a lot of skill sets that are not applicable in today's society medieval ages once you came back from being a soldier you still had those capacities if the king or lord or whoever ever decided they needed to go to war again they would call you back up once we're out of the military they don't call us back up they don't say hey we need experienced soldiers they train new ones so you kind of feel like a old toy a discarded old toy and you're no longer of any use in that capacity so if you have some training like I was air conditioning and heating HVAC for short it it's transferable but at the time I came back there were no jobs absolutely none I hit up every place I could and no one was hiring so I retrained I learned the grease business out of my own expense I later learned how to be a machinist luckily from the VA's expense but 
it's just it's crazy back in our parents or grandparents time they would work for one company and it would be their entire adult life they would apprentice there they would work their way up to journeyman or whatever be the status that they rated things off of at their certain career but they could stay there and they knew that they could earn a living wage for the entire adult life and then when they went to retire which is a fairly new concept in history if you ever get curious and start looking it up it's rather new uh they had the pension and they knew that when they retired they could cover their expenses and they didn't have to fret about it it's just today you don't have that security at the drop of a hat you get tossed away like an old toy whether it's a vet from the service getting out or someone working at let's say where's a good example one of these restaurants this whole uh, coronavirus thing has seen a ton of people get laid off because these businesses are not cash heavy they don't have the financial security to keep you on when they're not making money so whether it be through a disagreement with your manager a issue like this uh, virus going around a completion of a task that they didn't tell you was all you were hired on for or any number of other scenarios that w-2 employment can disappear evaporate in a heartbeat so even if you don't want to leave your w-2 employment i highly highly encourage you to start saving put together a nest egg do some investing find things that you're comfortable and knowledgeable about if you don't feel knowledgeable about it educate yourself i don't necessarily recommend just stocks i say rental or some cash flowing asset that'll keep money coming into you because that's really the key thing if it's making you money then you know you can always sell it later if need be but you have that cash flow some people swear by stocks i don't I think it's a nice idea for some beginning investors to get small amounts just to see a positive influx of cash. But for most of us, we're not going to make much off of stocks. It may be marginal. Whereas if you get like a laundromat or a rental property or something that requires very little work on your end once it's established 
then you can sit back and watch the fruits of your labor come in. And there's your retirement. You get two laundry mats going in different locations that are steady and build a client base. You've got enough to retire. In fact, you've probably got enough to help out family and friends as you're retired. It's it's not as difficult as people may think. You can hire someone on to watch over it and once a week or once every few days come in and check up on it. It's up to you. But consider these things. Don't just rely on someone else's business to carry you over the finishing line. it's, It's not as reliable as people make it out to be. Things can change at a moment's notice. Don't plan your future on someone else's business. Plan it on your own your own capacities. But yeah, I'll stop rambling. Call this good for today and uh maybe in the near future be talking with you soon. But have a good one. Hope everyone's doing well and taking care of themselves during these situations. Hopefully you're not one of those unfortunate people who have lost their job because of this virus. But hopefully everyone's doing well out there. Wish you the best. Unfortunately, there are hard times all the time, so... Not to sound heartless, but this virus is just one of the circumstances you'll come across in your adult life. It really isn't the largest, and it's definitely not going to be the most catastrophic to hit you in your adult life. There'll be worse situations, which is kind of doom and gloom, but it's the truth. During, what was it, the 1920s, a century ago, they had the Great Depression. That was a rough time. During 2008, they had the housing crash. That was a rough time. Right now, most businesses are still up and running. Uh, food industry is either sh- switching to delivery, drive through, or uh, park and pick up kind of thing. Some businesses are feeling it harder than others, but everyone's feeling something as far as the business world's concerned. Everyone's having some impact, but it could be worse. So just be happy that it's not worse. Be happy that if you have a job still that you have one. Because there's plenty of people out there who have lost one during this time. And look at the bright side. Things will get better. And we'll make it through each catastrophic thing that comes along. It it doesn't matter what is thrown at you 
you can make it through as long as you stay positive on it and you put one foot in front of the other. Don't assume that you cannot do it because I forget who the person was, but they said whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're probably right. So don't ever let that I can't thought creep into your mind. You got to always think I can do this. I can make it through one step after another because like some of you out there, I've been in some pretty dire straight times. I'm going through one right now where things are a bit rough, but I know if I stick at it and I keep working and making money and it'll slowly come in and things will get better. It ain't gonna get much worse because I'm already at the bottom of the bucket. So think ahead. Try to plan for the best outcomes. But keep in mind, there's always the negative that's going to come along. There's always something out of your control that you cannot prevent. So plan with the safeguards in place. Try to put a nest egg together. Try to invest in something that's cash flowing. Try a side hustle, whatever. Do something to better your economic position because if you lost your job tomorrow how long could you support your family off of your income without that job just think of that it's a scary thought for a lot of people some of you out there might already be investing and might have enough to meet your bare necessities or you might just have the beginnings of it. But think about it. Would you have to sell off your assets? Or could you provide with the income that they're throwing off? What if we had a stock market crash? Do you think you can still make it? Think of these dire situations and plan for it. Make sure you have the security because no one else is going to have it for you. Plan ahead. That is the main thing I can get through to anyone listening. We can't count on the government to do it. We can't count on our employers to do it. We can't count on friends and family to do it because if they end up in a dire situation, they may not be able to weather it they most likely will not have anything to help you with. Government, they're always out for their own means. This stimulus package still went through. A fraction of it was for the people. The majority was for politicians' pet projects. Like they funded the Kennedy Center. I don't know what that has to do with the majority of Americans considering it's in their neck of the woods so it's something they like to frequent they funded it all these silly things that they have 
in their list of I wants got funded. Majority of Americans didn't see much benefit. So just keep that in mind when you think the government will provide. They provide for themselves. Just like in the Hunger Games, the capital provided for itself. That's how governments tend to run. Even with these representative governments where they're supposed to voice the views of the people, they tend to look out for themselves first. So look out for yourself. Don't count on them. Don't count on any of these government stimulus or anything. If it comes in, great. But don't count on it. Because if you put all your eggs in that basket, you're going to have nothing but an empty basket at the end of it. You're going to be looking at a bunch of broken eggs. So do the best you can it's a daunting task I know but take the first step get educated listen to podcasts like this one and others and see what others are doing I'll be podcasting for next who knows how many years doing this explaining as I go how I got where I'm going And if you follow my steps, then you'll probably be in the same boat as me. But you can always do it a little better. Like if you have a W-2 job right now or something, take that money and invest it in a side hustle like the notary thing or something else that suits your particular skill set. And make it grow. Grow your investment. Build up things like buy a fourplex. Live in one unit. Rent out the other three. Once you spend a year or two there, then you can do it again. There's a nice investment strategy right there. Rental properties. Yeah, when the economy hits hard like now, landlords are filling it, but there's more options. You can always sell the property and recoup a good chunk of your investment and use that to live off of. Or you can rent out by the room and people can afford that better than a whole unit when times are rough. So, there's options. You can move your family in there, like your brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, whatever. And y'all can consolidate into a rental and get back on all your guys' feet after the whole thing crashes. There's more options. But if you don't do something preemptive like those then you're in a situation like me, having to do the grind, having to break yourself off just to get by. It it sucks. 
So I encourage anyone out there in a better situation than me to keep building up your assets. Keep investing or start doing so. Quit buying these fancy Tesla cars and crap like that. It's not going to be worth jack diddly squat when you need it. I have thousands of dollars in tools. If I go to sell them, I'm taking a fraction of what they cost. Of course, I'm kind of a penny pincher and deal finder myself, so I didn't invest that type of money into it. But the point is, I could never get retail for them. So, I could never get top dollar. Yeah, a pair of calipers that I bought for 20 bucks retail for 300 something. But I'm likely to sell them for that 20 bucks when I go to sell them again. It, it's just the way it works. People are always looking for a deal and they're not willing to pay top dollar. So don't count things like tools, cars, uh, shoes, any of these things as investments. If it doesn't make you money, it's not an investment. Plain and simple. Your house, if you own a house and you're not renting out anything there, then it's not an investment. Plain and simple, it's, it's costing you money. Yeah, it's cost of living and whatnot, but there's ways to reduce that. You could rent out a room in your house. You could rent out some garden space in your yard. You could rent out a parking space. You could install solar to reduce your electric bill. You can do all kinds of things to lessen the burden of that house that you live in. But it's not an investment. Unless it makes you cash flow positive. Which means basically all your expense of that unit is covered and you still have something left over. So, think about it. A good aspect to uh, look into is that Rich Dad Poor Dad book. He covers it a lot more... Uh, eloquently than I do uh, probably because of his author who helped him write it she's pretty good at it but uh yeah good book look into it check it out see what you come f come out of it with educate yourself every which way you can because like they say knowledge is power but it's only powerful if you can apply it so best of luck to you all out there sorry it was a little doom and gloomy this episode but trying to convey the thought take it serious if you're in a good situation make it better if you're in a bad situation make it better don't focus on the doom and gloom focus on the opportunity that you have in front of you and if you don't feel like you do 
slap yourself upside the head and say, yes, I do have some opportunity out there. I just need to figure out how to make use of it. So, best of luck to you all out there. Hope you do great. Welcome to the Ireland listener. I don't see who you guys are. I don't have names or anything, so I can't recognize you by name. And even if I could, some people don't like that. So, best of wishes for everyone. Hope you all are healthy and staying. So, take care and see you next time.